You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz with Min Kieran Audrell. And we're talking about how MPs finally left the House of Commons late Friday night after voting for more than 24 hours straight, fulfilling a conservative promise to stall the Liberal government's legislation with an avalanche of votes unless it agrees to scrap parts of its carbon tax. We're going to talk about what this moment means. We're going to be speaking to Bill Thielman, Star Communications President and Political Analyst. Bill, thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure as always. So let's first stop, before we get into the craziness that happened in the House of Commons, why has the carbon tax in particular become such a contentious issue? Well, I think uh, Justin Trudeau is actually to blame because uh, the carbon tax has been around for a while. And some uh, here in B.C., we know it longest because the B.C. Liberals under Gordon Campbell brought it in back in 2008. But federally, it hasn't been across the board, so it's been brought in in, in recent times. But Justin Trudeau triggered a lot of things when he decided to exempt the fuel oil tax, um, carbon tax for three years to so-called pause it uh, in order to give people time to find alternatives like heat pumps. And so that triggered a whole number of things because the heating oil tax is primarily, or heating oil, is primarily used in Atlantic Canada. It's not, it is used across the country, but not very much. It's more of a rural and Atlantic thing. So that was uh, was seen to be by, I think, all the other parties to be a uh, attempt to shore up their support in Atlantic Canada by cutting the tax, but only for one sector and really only for one region. So that that just triggered a whole bunch of different things. And this filibuster on uh, Thursday night, Friday, was uh, was the result. Yeah, you know, what I would like to call when I was in university, I used to do all-nighters all the time to finish a paper. So have we seen kind of all-nighters like this in the House of Commons? Is this anything new? It, it's not new. It, it hasn't happened for quite a while. We've seen it both in Parliament. We've seen it in the B.C. legislature. I think the most memorable and in some ways disturbing one uh, it was uh, during the 70s and 80s, when I, was, I guess it was uh, early 80s, when the social credit government at the time was trying to bring in some pretty draconian bills and... Former Premier Dave Barrett, who was then the opposition leader for the NDP, was literally physically dragged out of the legislature by his arms, his feet dragging behind by two sergeant-at-arms because he refused to leave the chamber and was trying to hold up the process there to stop some of this legislation. And so that was a wild time in B.C. politics. And to, to see a former Premier physically dragged out of the legislature was quite something. That really is something. I'm just picturing the entire thing in my head here, Bill. But something I wanted to kind of mention here, too, is um, so Pierre Polyev, especially in the lead up to the situation, he had a message to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the Liberal MPs early in the week saying, you will have no rest until the tax is gone, as he outlined a strategy to keep Liberal MPs sitting in the House over Christmas. What do you make of this sort of tactic that we're seeing from the Conservatives? Well, first of all, it didn't happen. So it, it was <laughs> a lot of bluster and bluff, and uh, it lasted just about 30 hours, and it ended uh, early Friday or late Friday night in Ottawa. But, you know, this, 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 there's two pieces to this, Van uh, There's a, This is a tactic, a filibuster, as it's called, or a, a, a trying to continued legislation by exhaustion and, and force the government forces to to be uh, sleeping at their desks or in their offices and going back and forth. This is a tactic, but the strategy is to put the carbon tax front and center as much as humanly possible by the conservatives. And so this was a successful tactic. They, they got a lot of media coverage. There was a lot of noise about it. Nothing changed at all. Absolutely nothing changed. All the legislation was passed. Uh, the conservatives did take a, pay a price because they got called out during this debate. They voted against uh, economic support for farmers, for housing, for hurricane rebuilding, for the RCMP and, and Border Security Service budgets, uh, for increased budgets for operating uh, those services. 
things that you would ordinarily think conservatives would be in favor of. They voted against it. They tried to amend the bills. And so I can think uh, quite clearly that the NDP and liberal opponents of some of those conservative MPs will be saying, why did you vote against supporting the RCMP when you were in the legislature in December? So there, there's a price to be paid, uh, although I think you know, they can explain it fairly simply that they were trying to get rid of the carbon tax and stop the government from proceeding on everything. But it's, um, you know, overall they got a, a lot of attention. It, it focused on the carbon tax. Whether you support the carbon tax or oppose it, they oppose it. They think that's their ticket to success to winning the next election or part of it. And that's what they did. They got, it was, so it was a successful approach for them, by and large, to do that. And, you know, I think one of the things that really stands out in this story, too, is seeing how other parties were sort of reacting to this tactic that we saw from the Conservatives, uh, NDP House Leader Peter Julian, so that the Conservative tactics do not serve their MPs well and suggest that the cost to keep the House operating overnight does not represent value for money. He specifically said what Polyev was trying to do was cancel Christmas, but what he's really done is cancel his own credibility, I think, over the course of the mm-hmm. last few hours. Do you think that this move could potentially hurt the conservatives down the road i i think it's probably uh, unlikely i mean i'm obviously not a conservative but uh, i think you know the opposition can't move and pass legislation they can't uh spend money they can't really do much of anything except oppose and raise questions about the government's spending priorities and policy priorities and so what what does that leave them with not too much so for them to dominate the news cycle for 24 to 36 hours and we're still talking about now i'd say that was a success um, some people will be un- unhappy about it, but it, you know the only people who are really c- inconvenienced were members of parliament, and nobody cares about them. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry to say, but nobody cares if an MP has to has to work for thirty hours straight. Uh, you know, there's people who who are working overtime shifts who are nurses and doctors and hospital workers, and I don't think they would be too impressed uh, with anybody working a long shift. I think they would be say, "About time you learned how how we work." So I don't think that undermines it. There's other things, though. You know, they voted against uh, increased support for for Ukrainian soldier, soldiers uh, and training by the Canadian Armed Forces. And that's, uh, you know, we saw that the Ukrainian um, Canadian Congress president said, like, this is this is not, this is uh, ridiculous. It should be beyond politics. And to, to try and hold up support for Ukraine is wrong. That's the kind of thing that can sting you. And, and so I think... They maybe were a little less uh, particular about what they voted against, and I think that one was a mistake. Mm, and I mean, I suppose election is still a long way, not till 2025. Um, but do you think, Bill, this also sort of represents a shift in our Canadian political culture? Because as I was watching this moment, I couldn't help but think, you know, what happens down south. So do you think there's a shift happening here? Oh, yeah, there's no question about that. And I think we see in Pierre Pauly of a, uh, a definite um, maybe not a mirror image, but certainly a reflection of the Trump style of, of politics down south in the, in the United States. And there's, you know, just full-on war all the time. Your, your enemy, your opponent is your enemy, and your opponent never does anything right, always does everything wrong. That's not, <clears throat> I mean, that's not new to Canadian politics, but I think what is really amplifying it all is social media. And, you know, we saw earlier this uh, past month, we saw accusations that conservative MPs, there was one who asked a francophone-speaking cabinet minister just to answer her in English. And it wasn't because she couldn't understand or couldn't get instant translation. It's because she wanted to use that, that minister's quote for a clip, edit it down, and then send it out to her uh, supporters to r- try and raise money. So, I mean, this kind of stuff is... And she got blasted for it, too, by the way. But uh, this kind of stuff is, is happening more and more. And 
Um, you know, we also know, unfortunately, and you know, I'm always happy to talk to Spice Radio because media is shrinking. Uh, there's just no way around it. And so social media takes up more of that gap, and people see stuff that is partisan in nature rather than objective or fair and balanced kind of reporting. And so they're looking for these kind of things, and they, they just want outrage clips and clickbait. And that's an unfortunate byproduct of social media. Mm-hmm. No, certainly a lot has changed. Now, Bill, especially you, somebody being really involved in politics. Now, if you are right now with the NDP or if you're with the Liberals, what are they going to take away from this moment? Well, I think they feel they, they first of all, they ended it in 30 hours instead of, uh, you know, two weeks, because Paul was telling me he was going to go through Christmas. That's a long ways away. Uh, at least it is for people like me who haven't done their shopping. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they'd only went for 30 days. So they can say, look, we, the, the conservatives embarrassed themselves. They voted against support for Ukraine and for defense and for other things. Um, so they, you know, I don't think they feel too scathed by it. I think it is a indication of what the next session will be like as we go. And, you know, I just want to jump back to something you said. I'm not convinced the election will be in 2025. I think it could be next year. Really? And I think for, you know, if, you, if you're in the NDP and you're, you're supporting or propping up the Liberals with your confidence and supply agreement, you might say, we want to get clear of the wake of the Titanic. We want a little distance between us and the sinking Liberal ship before it goes down. So I'm, I'm just not convinced that this agreement will last. I don't have any inside information, but at some point I think people are going to say, mm, you know, we're, we're being tagged by the Conservatives too much as being the Liberals' uh, support team here, and we need to get out of that. Wow. Okay, Bill. Well, only time will tell. Always a pleasure talking to you, Bill. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful holiday season. Thanks to you, too. You take care. Bye.